You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey everybody, it's Adam, live and in person for you. Hey everybody, it's Adam, wonder who he'll interview. Hey everyone, it's Call Me Adam, and on this episode of Bearing It All with Call Me Adam on the Broadway Podcast Network, I am chatting with the award-winning comedian Wendy Liebman who was a semi-finalist on America's Got Talent in 2014, season nine. We're going to talk about comedy, tragedy, and surviving hard times with humor. So stay tuned. Hi, Wendy. Hey, Adam. I'm wearing my mask, but you can't see it. No, but I'm glad to know that you are well protected because we are doing this interview during the... uh, Corona pandemic. So I'm in New York and Wendy, you are in LA. I said every singer is a masked singer now. Yes. (laughs) That is so funny. Crazy times. Crazy times. Yes. Well, we are going to talk about, because I love your humor, we are going to talk about a little later in the interview how your humor is helping you get through. But for starters, because um, we haven't, it's been a few years since we've done an interview and through this podcast, I have a lot of new listeners. So let's just do a quick career recap slash overview. Sure. Um, so how did you get into comedy? So I was going to be a psychologist and I was working at mass mental hospital in Boston, um, in the early eighties after college. And I took the mail in from the wrong apartment and I was reading the course, a course catalog for the Cambridge uh, School of Adult Education from the apartment downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw an acting class. And in high school, I had always done a lot of theater. I was um, Eliza in My Fair Lady. I was Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz. Mm. Um, so I signed up for an acting class. And Unfortunately, the teacher quit. I think he quit in the middle of the first session. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing to do with me, I hope. And he said, um, or the Cambridge Center said, take another class. So I was going through the course catalog. I eventually returned it to the right apartment. (laughs) Um, But I saw a class on how to be a stand-up comic. That's what it was called. And I must have missed it the first time. But as soon as I saw that, it was like Eureka. I felt like I found everything. Mm. So I took the class, How to Be a Stand-Up Comedian, and I'm not really sure you can teach somebody to be a comedian, but you can certainly teach them techniques Mm -hmm. on timing and delivery and using the microphone. But it was really a support group of 12 of us misfits (laughs) and from there I started doing stand-up comedy I still had my day job but I realized that I would rather make a hundred people laugh than one person cry as their therapist (laughs) (laughs) 
I love that. I love that. Well, the class must have taught you well because you're a very successful stand-up comedian. Well, thank you so much. My teacher was a guy named Ron Lynch who has since been on the Sarah Silverman program and he's in a new movie with Mary Lynn Rice Cub. Um, and he's, yeah, he, he really inspired a lot of people. And who were some of your favorite comedians growing up? Well, at that time that I was taking the class, I was just in love with Stephen Wright, mm-hmm. uh, very deadpan. And he'll say something like, I bought powdered water, but I didn't know what to add. <laughs> and um, I think I lost a buttonhole. You know, he was very cerebral and he started in Boston. So he was like... Mm very well-known at the time. And so was Paula Poundstone, who, in my opinion, is the best at dealing with the audience uh, extemporaneously, which is what what the audience really loves about a comedian, is seeing that they are not just reciting a script, um, doing jokes by rote. They're really the funny person in the room. So, um, but who else did I like? I loved Gary Shandling. David Letterman, when I worked at Mass Mental Hospital, my friends and I would talk about him the next day. We would watch him at night and talk about him the next day. And my friends would say, I think David Letterman would think you were funny. <laughs> <laughs> and this is before I even did stand-up. So oh, wow. um, when I eventually got to be on Letterman, it was just mind, my mind was blown. Yes. Uh, I, I was going to say, well, he did find you funny because you were you were a frequent guest on his show. I think it was nine times that I did his show. I say I think because um, some of it is surreal. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but I also love Joan Rivers. Oh, I love Joan her. Rivers, right. And yeah. um, Howie Mandel was a big influence, too, even though I forget mm. to mention him sometimes. But and I. um Loved like the old comedians too, like Jack Benny and Bob Newhart. Mm. I loved comedy. I really, it's like, um, I just always was drawn towards humor. Yes. Yes. Well, humor has definitely obviously been part of your life, but it also has helped you through a lot of rough times. Yes. So we are, um, we are going to jump right into one of the roughest times that um, that that has taken place for you. Um, and and we're going to talk, find out how you got through it all. So um, I just want to give people a little more uh, background on some other shows that you've been on. In, in addition to The Late Show with David Letterman and America's Got Talent, you, you were on uh, The Tonight Show, both with Johnny Carson and Jay Leno, CBS's The Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson, ABC's Jimmy Kimmel Live. You also had your own HBO special, Taller on TV. So you've, I mean, you've been everywhere. I was, yes. Uh, the Taller on TV was on Showtime. Actually. Oh, Showtime. Uh, but I did have an HBO special, um, my half hour comedy hour on HBO, which they still air. I did it in the 90s. Um, but my Taller on TV is now on Amazon. So that's kind Oh, of terrific. Fun. So everybody yeah. can go watch it. Yeah. Yes. Well, I recommend you watching it because it is it is great. Thank you. You're so welcome. Much. Yeah, I've done a lot of 
late night stand up. And now I'm just doing it in front of my computer. <laughs> yes, which we love. You do daily updates every day. I um, started doing that this week and I'm loving it. Just, yes. I look forward to the day when I can perform again um, live. Yes. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. No, yeah. we all do. Because yeah. As you started to say, I had a tragedy in 2018 and um, I had, so I haven't performed in quite some time until recently. I got to perform once before uh, we were self uh, sheltering at home. I so yeah, I, I do love an audience. Yes, you do. I've seen you many times over the years and, and I can tell how much you love being on stage. Honestly, your support ha- gives me life. I'm not kidding. I remember I was, you stood outside of Letterman once and held a sign. And <laughs> I just, like, it really, it really touched me and gave me strength. So, oh, that's so nice. Thank you. I mean, I don't know if your audience knows that I know you from a long time ago. Uh, um, they... They don't, but they do now because that we're do. about to. Yes. <laughs> I know your yes. family. I, yes. Yes. And yes. Uh, Wendy's known me since I was a little kid. We grew up in the same hometown. Yes. So. Yes. And the first time I saw you uh, was actually at Boston Comedy Club when I was going to school at, at Curry College in, in Massachusetts. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I went to that school was- in Boston, too. I went to um, IOU. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Wellesley actually in all women's college. And um I don't appreciate I appreciate it more now. I think when you're in the moment you don't appreciate things as much. Yes, I agree. I agree. I definitely look back I mean I loved college, but um I definitely look back now being like there were a lot of things about college I really loved and in hindsight it's like I loved it even more. I know. I wish I could Go back now. Yes. <laughs> With all my new consciousness. Yes. Well, that's why like, I love the song in the Avenue Q, If I Could Go Back to College. Oh, I, I've never seen Avenue Q. Oh, my I, God. I haven't seen a lot of theater. And partly because I'm perf- I perform at night. But right. partly also, if I lived in New York, I would see more. Like, that's my dream is just to see every show. And I hope I hope Broadway is re-inspired, reinvigorated after this. Yes, I think it, I definitely think it will be. I think it, it, it will, it's definitely going to come back. I did see the original production of A Chorus Line. <laughs> <laughs> oh I wow! I know at twice, and I also saw the original production of Pippin. Oh twice. wow! Yeah, now I'm giving that's, away my age. That's incredible. Yeah, very lucky. Very inspiring. Yes, yes. Well, you can go on on Spotify and you can listen to the uh, song um, from Avenue Q. If I could go back to college, and you'll totally get it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's um I love I love the I love the side chatter of, of theater, but let's go back to you. Okay. <laughs> so um in 2018 you were in a, a terrible accident. Um you got hit by a car which resulted in a broken leg and two broken feet. Yes. So um 
can you take us through sort of that time, like the moments before and and after and what the recovery was like and 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 how you used humor to help you through recovery? Sure. I'm still actually processing it. And um, I can't really actually talk about the whole experience because I'm still working on the legality of it. Mm-hmm. But the good part was, okay, so I was going to meet a friend for lunch, my friend David Craig, who teaches um, media studies at USC. Mm-hmm. And I was crossing the street and as I was crossing the street, I was hit by a car mm-hmm. and it wasn't a hit and run, which was most people's question, mm. which, yeah, I guess there is a lot of that. Um, yes. A friend of mine recently told me that most um, pedestrian accidents happen in the crosswalk. So mm. that was um, surprising to me too. So I want to say I had a witness who held me until the uh, medics got there. Mm-hmm. And wow. he was just the sweetest man. He was just walking to the ATM across the street and um, just stepped up and was just, he saved me. I kept talking to him because I didn't want to pass out. Yeah, um, His name was Danny. And then the medics came and they, put me in a neck brace just to make sure that my spine was okay. And then they cut off my clothes and cut off my shoes. And Danny got a show because I don't wear underwear or socks. (laughs) 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 That's too much information. (laughs) Um, And then they had me, um, they took me to UCLA hospital. Um, where I had really good care and tons of support online. You know, if you had told me years ago that someday I would feel loved by strangers on the computer, I I wouldn't have known what you were talking about. But mm. uh, the amount of outpouring was just say I do believe in the power of prayer, Adam. Mm-hmm. Yes. I did I I felt like I was healing at the speed of love. Mm. Um, ooh, that should be a song title. <laughs> that should be. That should be. You could write it. I'm going to. <laughs> um, <laughs> after we hang up. So um unfortunately my leg was when they operated, there were some complications. And so after five months of healing, I had to have my leg rebroken and reset. Wow. So I was out of commission for about 16 months. During that time, uh, people came over and entertained me. My friend Lawrence Juber, who who used to play with Paul McCartney in Wings, he was mm-hmm. the guitar player. He serenaded me. Mickey Dolenz made me fish, um, and just people entertained me. Yes, humor got me through it. Mm-hmm. So, not to mention, I mean, the bo- the underlying 
uh, essence of this is that my husband had great spirit and really took care of me the whole he waited on me hand and foot like the princess I was born to be mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but he is an amazing he's an amazing human being your husband thank you so much I agree I agree yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a composer and a writer he wrote on a show called boy meets world yes one of the producers and now he's writing a musical um I'm the lucky one because I'm the one who gets to hear his music all the time. The world needs to at some point. So, yes. Well, they will. Yes. They will. Thank yes. you. So you're, re- you're recovering and people are entertaining you. So, I mean, did you have thoughts of, I'm never going to, I may never walk again or I may, I may never perform again? Well, you know, like performing is like, um, sports in that you have to exercise the muscle mm-hmm. so even though i'd been performing prior to that for 30 something years i got out of shape you know being on stage is part of it. it's like a stand-up comedian your job is you it's always the dress rehearsal and it's always the show because yeah. you're always trying new material and um, letting the audience tell you what's funny. So I didn't have that, but I kept writing jokes and putting them online. Um, yes, the, all the bubbles. Yeah. My, people who follow you, you have a lot of bubbles that are like your, your jokes. Yes. yes. And um, my, my main fear was that I didn't want to drive, even though I wasn't in a car. Um, but I have to say that the whole time this happened, I contended that I was, I was relieved that I wasn't the person who hit somebody. Mm. That makes sense. I was yes. so relieved yes, that I didn't hit somebody that I would, I would rather have been hit than hit. Yes, but after because- that, I became fearful of driving. Mm. So, a long time to drive again, even when I have could drive. Have um, you driven? Oh yeah, I've been driving since October. Oh okay. Yeah. Okay. So and I so I prepared these two shows. Um, one I just wanted to get my feet wet, and somebody asked me to do ten minutes somewhere. So I didn't tell anybody about the show, and. Mm. The audience was 50 people and I did 10 minutes and it felt like I had never stopped doing it actually. So wow. it was like riding a bicycle, although I can't ride a bicycle now, but, <laughs> but it felt like riding a bicycle, you know, you can just get back on the bike. Yeah. And then the second show I did was at the place where I do my monthly show. I produce a monthly show at a restaurant called Vitello's in Studio City called Locally Grown Comedy. And I have, I produce it and I've hosted it for years. And I have everybody from Tignataro to Joe Coy to um, George Lopez, Arsenio Hall, uh, Eliza Schlesinger, Nikki Glaser. So all these people have done my show. Um, mm-hmm. So I decided to do my own headline show as my comeback show and instead of a Tuesday night, which is when I usually do produce it, I did it on a Saturday night. 
and this was February 29th. Um, and I had just turned 59 and I thought I just turned 59. I was hit by a car. You never know what's going to happen. I want to sing. (laughs) So I infused four songs into my show. Wow. It was almost like I, if I hadn't been hit by the car, I don't know if I ever would have sung on stage. Mm. Even though I sung when I was little, you know, as I told you, Lies in My Fair Lady. Right. Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. So it gave me a little more confidence to take chances because life is short. You never know what's going to happen. Yes. Um, So that was really a positive that came out of everything. And I loved, I loved my show. So, and then the pandemic hit and who knows when I'll perform again, but yes. It's incredible. I mean, this is sort of actually the the second time because uh, in our previous interview, we did an interview in 2014 about your monthly show locally grown. Um, At that time you had been in a, in a car accident where a drunk driver hit you Aye. and that was, <laughs> that was <laughs> and that was the moment that pushed you to audition for America's Got Talent. Yes. So it's almost like both these times ha- have given you the different perspectives to go after things that, that you haven't done before. I think each experience, every experience is somewhat of a wake-up call mm-hmm. to your reality, to realizing your mortality. Ooh, that's another lyric. Yes, um, <laughs> we're gonna have we're gonna have a whole album for you by the end of this interview. <laughs> but it's really true. These these major experiences where, well, the drunk driver hit the car. Neither my husband yeah. or I was hurt. The car was totaled, and five other cars were totaled. And there was one casualty. Um, yes, the person next, the car next to you, that person. Right, the woman in the car next to me died. So yeah, it was so um, palpable how much I have to take chances. So mm-hmm. God, I have had enough of those. <laughs> I yes. don't need more wake up calls. So big, I'm gonna get no. to work now. <laughs> yes, 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 you get it. You get it. How far in advance from your February 29th show? Um, and even the, sh- like, how far in advance were you, did you plan to do that show? You know, how uh, long were you thinking about it? Yeah, I guess I gave myself, um, it was a month. I was looking at the Vitello's calendar. Vitello's actually uh, Michael Feinstein, who, is the owner of 54 below. He just yes. became co- co-owner of upstairs at Vitello's. So it's now called Feinstein's, uh, the Feinstein room. So I was looking on their calendar for a date to do my show. And I saw that February 29th, which only happens once every four years, yes. was taken because I have a feeling they didn't realize there was a February 29th this year. <laughs> So it was free. So it was just a month um, beforehand. And what I realized, Adam, was I, even though I had 16 months to memorize things, 
I was unable to. So I used mm. not cue cards, but I had a friend there holding up notes for me. Um, and the audience couldn't see that. So that's just, I realized that about myself. I don't know how actors remember lines. I just don't, I, I am amazed. Like I'll watch a whole show, a, like a Broadway show, and then I won't remember, I'll leave and I won't remember where I parked my car. <laughs> how did they do it? Yes. Well, Joan Rivers used to paste her jokes to the to the floor. I mean, I when she did it, that. at least when she did it at the Lori Beachman Theater, she would paste all her jokes to the floor. And when she would forget, she would just look down at the floor. <laughs> That's basically what I did with my friend. He held up these cards in front of me. So I guess they were kind of cue cards. But um, yeah, that's yeah. just I have to I have to accept that fact about myself. And it's not even yeah. like I couldn't memorize it, but it. I, um, yeah, I like being in the moment. So mm -hmm. as I was talking about Paula Poundstone and another great comedian who does that is a comedian named Russell Peters, just mm. so, um, improvisational, but also he has material as does Paula. But anyway, I wanted to be in the moment. So mm -hmm. maybe that's why I can't memorize. <laughs> <laughs> just going back. To the tragedy for a moment and then we're going to play a game and bring a lot more levity to this okay um where does your instinct for survival come through and to continue to find the humor with with all the tragedy you've had look i think um irma bombeck said something like uh without humor civilization wouldn't I don't know what I don't know the quotation, but um, <laughs> we need humor to survive. I think yes. it's a way to connect with other people, um, and we need levity to fight gravity. It's almost mm -hmm. like when you give somebody a when you make somebody laugh or you make yourself laugh. Um, it's like a way out. It's showing an alternative reality mm -hmm. and it gives life, I think. Um, there's a comedy, when you do well in comedy, they say you're killing. Mm -hmm. I think killing and I don't like that it's so negative, but um, we, within that, saying it's like you're also giving light i i don't know what i'm talking about but i like making people laugh because they feel better than when they're stuck in their reality yes um, no i like agree right now, right now i've been posting a lot about the pandemic which is surreal every day i wake up i'm like well i hope that was a dream yeah uh, but um like my sweatpants are now too tight. <laughs> so <laughs> and I will never, I don't think I'm ever going to put a bra on ever again. Although I wore a bra for this podcast because I thought maybe it was video. Oh, that's I'm, so nice. I'm more dressed up by the way. And I had makeup on and oh. I'm kind of happy about it because I feel better about myself having put makeup on. And Yes. Uh, well, I, I showered. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, but every day now is casual. 
right? It's not just... It's casual every day now. And uh, the other day I was cleaning because that's a good thing you can do during this pandemic if you have the inspiration. I was, And I only clean things a little bit at a time because otherwise it's daunting. But I was cleaning um, the guest bathroom and uh-huh. I found 18 extra rolls of toilet paper that I didn't know that I had. And I really felt like I had won Willy Wonka's golden ticket. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because that's very, that's very scarce right now. So it's like, it is like winning the golden ticket. I know. On St. Patrick's Day recently, somebody pinched my Charmin. (laughs) (laughs) Just doing jokes for you. I love that. I love that. Well, let's continue with the funny um, and play a game. Okay. Okay. So we're going to, the game is called Finding the Funny. Um, I'm going to list some topics and you tell me how you might use that topic in a joke. Okay. So, um, so the first topic is exercise. Exercise. Well, I went to this one gym, and uh, but it was too fancy for me. They had a uh, a spiral stairmaster, and um, no, but I've been doing exercises at home now. Like yesterday, I did Pilates, just one. <laughs> Okay, that's my jokes. On I love exercise. it. I love it. I love it. Actually, my favorite. My you, you have a, you have you do have a classic joke about exercise that I love when you talk about uh, you're on the treadmill because you had nowhere to go and you uh, kept yelling um, and you saw the guy rowing and you kept yelling stroke stroke because I was having one every time I row now I think of that joke. <laughs> I love you that you did my joke for me and I love. <laughs> I love that you laughed at your own joke. I know. I was laughing at you telling my joke. (laughs) I love it. It's my favorite. All right. The next category is video chat. Video chat. Do I have a joke about this? (laughs) You don't. Oh. You you do have, like, I mean, non-video chat, you have the obscene phone call chat where you get the obscene phone call and, and the guy's like, what are you wearing? And you're like, I don't know yet. It's three thirty in the morning. <laughs> I can't decide, and then he right. got off. But um, <laughs> well, video chatting—it's not a joke so much as now that we people like newscasters are broadcasting from their homes, yes. so you can see what everybody's house looks like, which I find fascinating. And now I know what everybody's bookshelf looks like, <laughs> and Jeff Jeff thinks that that's a new career is designing somebody's backdrop for video. Yes. Thing. Um, I, I just love that. Well, my mom is turning 85 in May and oh the next gosh. day, the next day is my niece's 30th birthday. So we were, had all planned on getting together somewhere, but now that's oh. going to happen. So yeah. my mom wants us to zoom a party. So, oh, that would be great. So sweet. Yeah. Well, you better design a good backdrop then. I know, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Oh my! I mean, one thing I will say with that topic is, um, Rosie O'Donnell just did her show on Sunday online, and like the big thing now is like everybody was in love with Patty Lapone's basement, and and uh, she's done three like basement tours already since really? then online. Yeah, like a bunker. 
it's like I mean, she has she has um uh she has a jukebox down there. She has a pinball machine. She has a um a shelf of all cassette tapes. I, I mean, wow. it is like a bunker. Yeah, it's crazy. We don't have basements in California. I think it's an East Coast thing. Oh, interesting. Well, maybe because of all the mudslides, they figured the basements would just get ruined. Maybe. I do have an attic with a small oh. family of raccoons. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Sheltering in place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the, which is, it's nice that you let them stay there during this time. I know I'm trying yeah. to be an equal opportunity tenant. I mean, That's, yeah. Ten, uh, yeah. Landlady. landlord, landlord, something like that. Yes. Something yes. Like that. Yes. All right. So the next topic is, um, because I know how much you love candy. Uh, I love candy. You do is Swedish fish. Oh, I love, well, first of all, I love any kind of candy. And my favorite is our peanut M&Ms. But I never oh. have, I never have candy, Adam, because if I have candy, I would have already eaten it. So I never have it. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Um, but Swedish fish. Oh, I eat so much sweet. I am up to two schools a day. of Swedish <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I love that. Did you just snort? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did because I love that joke so much. Yeah. That's so funny. Thank you. Yes. Yes. And I do love how you how you joke how you love candy so much that you never have it because you eat it. I, I just love that. But the truth is, unless my husband brings it home, there's no candy in the house because, you know, I'm in my late 50s. I have to because when I I'm allergic to sugar, I tend to break out all over in fat <laughs> so um no it, i just have to really watch my sugar intake for a year and a half i did the keto diet which is just very low carb i didn't follow it exactly but i was i did very low carb so i didn't have sugar or starches for a year and a half but since wow. Since we've been um, quarantined, self-quarantined, I have existed on um, peanuts and popcorn <laughs> and basically <laughs> anything you would buy me at a baseball game except the Cracker Jacks. But my oh. real um, downfall are Cheez-Its. I just love the Cheez-Its. Oh, yes. So oh. delicious. You can oh, never go God. wrong with the Cheez-It. Stop. Stop buying them. No more Cheez-Its. No, no. <laughs> I love it. Um, and the, la the last um, uh, find the funny topic is mirrored ceilings. Oh, okay. So I've worked a lot in Las Vegas. And one time there was a mirror on the ceiling in my hotel room. Um. But it turned out to be a two-way. And the people <laughs> upstairs were laughing. Wait, is it a two-way or a one-way? I don't know. Whatever it is, it was my first three-way. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's the whole game. Oh, that was fun. Yes, it was. It was. Um, we're going to take a, a quick break. But when we come right back, we're just going to finish the interview with a few general questions and um 
and then my famous ending. So don't go anywhere. Okay. Priceline presents Go to Your Happy Price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Febreze is a proud partner of Can't Cancel Pride. However you choose to express yourself, Febreze has the perfect scent to make your home even more fabulous in your own unique way. Have an amazing pride from Febreze. All right, we're back. Um, So now we're going to just do some quick general questions, and then I have to get some updates from you. So first, what are you binge watching uh, right now? Right now, well, yesterday I finished binge watching a show called Kidding on Showtime, starring Jim Carrey and Catherine Keener and Frank Langella. And yes, you mentioned that in your video update. It wrecked me in the best possible way. I, it's, I'm not gonna um, recommend it because it's really out there, but I loved it so. Uh, the sense of humor. It was very dark. I loved it so much. So I watched that. I really binge watched that. And uh, my husband and I binge watched The Tiger King, which is freaky in a different way. Um, it's all about. Oh, I just heard about that. Yeah, it's all about people who, the different people who own these zoos with the large tigers and. Um, a few lions and yeah, it was just out there, very out there yes. and twists and turns. It's like uh, SVU. <laughs> with um, tigers. With tigers. Yeah. <laughs> and what else? Um, I finished watching Mrs. Maisel, which I absolutely loved. There was a part of me that didn't want to love it because it's about stand-up comedy and it wasn't my story, but once mm-hmm. I got into it, I just thought, Every scene was gorgeous and funny, and I just loved it mm. so much. So, Mrs. May, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yeah. Um, and next up, um, what am I going to watch next? Well, yesterday, I don't know if I binged it, but I watched Women of a Certain Age, which is a comedy series that a comedian named Carol Montgomery branded. And she had on this episode, it was Carol Leifer and Caroline Ray. And Oh, I love Caroline Ray. Yeah. No, just the funniest. <laughs> oh, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. So, and they had asked me to be part of it in the beginning, but then I was uh, in my, my accident. So I oh. hope that they do a third one because I would love to be part of that series. Yes. A certain age, Oops. women over 50. 
it would be great to have you on there. Yeah. If I do my own special, I think I'll call it uh, my big break. (laughs) um, I was asking the universe for a break, but I needed to be more specific. Yes. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I would I would recommend Schitt's Creek if you. Oh, I watched all that. Oh my god, that gave me life. Yes, wasn't isn't it fantastic? Oh my god, am I saying oh my god enough? I love as much as I say so. So so yeah, (laughs) it was wonderful. It was so wonderful. What I loved about that show, without giving anything away, yeah, is that they came into it. It started and they were just one way, and they evolved. They yes, really, they they grew. Yes, the, the evolution it. is incredible. Yes, and it was really pro LGBT. Uh, yes, QIA, everything. <laughs> yeah. Did you say yeah. ACDC? I said QIA, BCDE. I mean, yeah. there's so many letters now. It's right. practically like the whole alphabet. <laughs> well, but, it was it was wonderful. It was. It was. Um, and last general question is what is your favorite hand lotion to keep your hands soft, especially during this time of washing your hands constantly? Um, good question, Adam. When I was in, uh, recovering from my leg and feet being broken, I used something called just for feet. Oh yes. It's O'Keefe's. And yes. so they also have working hands, hand cream. So I bought that because the feet one worked so well and it really is the best. Yes. So I use that. I, I use both of those. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. And I have to use it because I'm washing my hands so many times a day. It looks like I've been in the bathtub. My fingers are so shriveled. Yes. I know. I haven't left my house. I just feel the need to wash my hands all the time. No, I I hear you. I'm I'm and I'm constantly like wiping down the doorknobs and everything. Even though I'm not going out anywhere, it's like I still have to wipe everything down. I know. I wipe my husband off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where he's been. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You have to you have to disinfect everything. I'm like, where were you? He goes to the living room. All right. <laughs> I love it. Well, um, I do want to just get a few quick updates from you. From our So in our last interview, you had mentioned a few projects that you were working on. So I just want to see where you're at with them. Okay. Okay. So first of all, you mentioned that you were working on a musical called Home on Tuesday about three comedians uh, in Las Vegas. I am almost done with the second act. And... I don't know how much I told you about it, but I wrote the music for it, which was never a skill of mine, but these songs just came to me. And so I do have some lyrics for some of the songs and Jeff, my husband's going to write the music for those, but some of the songs just came out of me. I don't, I don't know where from where, but yes, I'm, Almost done with Home on Tuesday. I'm very excited. I know it's taken me a long time, but no, that's I mean, the process. It is, it is a long process. I was going to say four years is almost nothing for for a, a Broadway show. There are some people who work on their shows for ten years before it actually gets somewhere. 
Well, that's encouraging to know. Yes. I do have, I really do. Like, I know they say it takes, it's the odds are against me in terms of getting a musical produced. Mm-hmm. But I love my musical and I have, I'm just thinking positively about it. And at this point in my life, I think if not me, who, if not mm-hmm. now, when? Mm-hmm. So hopefully being sequestered like this will give me the extra time I need to finish it. So yes, I yeah. hope four years when I talk to you again. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, I hope so too. I'm very excited that you're working on a musical. So thank you. It's terrific. Thank um, you. you were also writing a novel. At a f- yeah, yeah. Your- I haven't finished the novel yet. Okay. But, but again, maybe I'll use this time to finish it. Okay. And um, I mean, I know in this moment that we're doing the interview, this isn't possible to really continue doing, but you were also starting to take acting classes then? I was, and I loved it. And I realized I don't think that's my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I love about it, what I loved about taking the classes, because I've taken them throughout my life, um, is that it gives me the perspective from the actor's point of view. So in writing my musical, it's helped me in that way. Mm. Did the acting classes also help you at all with your comedy in the way you approach it or um, the way you present it? Absolutely. Gave me um, the teacher, Shari Shaw, and she just made me more aware of the audience. Mm. So, yes, um, I think it's all cumulative. It really didn't hurt to take the acting classes. The irony is, Adam, I had a nightmare about an acting class last night. <laughs> <laughs> and the teacher said to me, I wasn't as bad as I thought I was. Aww. I know. But he was naked. So <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Well, we're up to the last question um, already. So I always end my interviews playing off of the title of my podcast, Burying It All with Call Me Adam. If you could reveal something about yourself that you have not talked about previously, what would you share with me today? Um, like how deep does it go? Because I want to I reveal that I've never seen Hamilton. I feel really bad about that. I also haven't seen the movie Avatar, but um, like, how deep do you want it to be? I mean, it could be that. It could be. It could be deeper. I mean, you could go six feet deep, twelve feet. Um. Well, when I, I guess I could tell you that when I was younger, like Mm sixteen, we're talking forty something years now I had an eating disorder is that mm. like too down no down, downer no. For the, end of the show no not at all I, I've had people tell me um how when they were a kid they ran away and how one person wanted to try to kill themselves but they didn't so yeah oh. an eating disorder would be I fine. never I never ran away when I was little but I did once ask everybody else to move out 
But I, had, I was anorexic when I was 16 and I, I don't struggle with it anymore, but I don't eat like a, a quote unquote normal person, but mm. who, who doesn't have some kind of eating issue? I think, I think it's just our, I think it's human. Maybe there are five people who don't have eating issues. Yes, I, I agree. I mean, everyone has some kind of eating. I mean, I certainly am like obsessed about what I eat. And um, I'm always, I mean, I'm always watching what I eat, you know, especially as I'm eating it. But um, I am very like, I'm very like, um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I really do care about what I eat. And I don't want to, I don't want to eat too unhealthy. But you know, you have your moments where it's like, okay, I'm going to make my food all the time. I'm not going to eat out. I'm going to eat like, you know, a lot of vegetables. And then on the days where I'm like, I'm just going to have a burger and fries. Well, then I spend like the next four days being like, I can't believe I ate that burgers and fries. How many pounds did I gain? So So, before I was hit by the car, I had been doing keto. I think I that, and I felt really good about myself. I, and I weighed, I'm short. So um, I weighed 100 pounds, which is not un- abnormal for how short I am. Mm-hmm. And, but I had lost about 25 pounds. So I'm in the uh, ambulance <laughs> and the guy says to me, excuse me, ma'am, how old are you? And at the time I was 57, I said, I'm 57. And he said, okay, thank you. And then I hear him on the um, phone and he goes, I have a 57 year old woman, approximately 130 pounds. <laughs> and I literally like put my head up and I go, I weigh a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> and then I passed out. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but I'm not, I, I'm not vain. I was just insecure, yeah. um, but now I'm a little healthier than that. So, but well, that's yeah. good. No, I hope I revealed enough, not too much. Yes. No, you definitely revealed a great amount. So thank you so much for coming on on the show. I loved having you. I always love talking to you. I loved being here with you. Oh, thank thank you. you. And everybody listening, follow Wendy on social media at Wendy Liebman. Uh, Right now, while we're quarantined, she's doing these daily video updates that are hilarious. And um, go to Amazon, watch her special, Taller on TV, because it's hilarious. And she she really is taller on TV. So um, uh, watch it. And and don't forget, also, while you're in quarantine, and and beyond quarantine here at the Broadway Podcast Network we have over 50 theater related arts related podcasts so definitely stick around and check everybody's podcast out and thank you all for listening thank you Adam he'll get the dirt and the scoop and the story for he happens to be in the know just ask anybody who's Adam Adam Lynch for the business of show call me Adam.com thanks for listening for more call me Adam interviews visit callmeadam.com and follow me on social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook 
at callmeadamnyc.